Welcome back, guys, for your latest episode from Boots Off TV. I'm your host, as always, Del Chapo, and once again, I'm joined by the famous Ed Robinson, my co-founder. How you doing, bud? You all good? I'm all good, Del. Thank you very much. Love, uh, love that introduction. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all, I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all good, man. Uh, obviously, rocking the buy-in today. Um, I'm actually yeah, excited for them this season, man. Absolutely, um, I'm love the signings they've already done. They got their business done early this summer, um, mm. which is something that. United obviously completely forgot to do, mate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, things are looking up. But I'm loving the Lakers top, man. I'm guessing yeah, you're thinking well, they're going to be winning the playoffs again. It's that, it's that time of year. Playoffs are going down. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in the King. King James all the way. So, uh, yeah. let's get, the King needs those rings. So, back, yeah. back in LeBron and the Lakers. He, he does, mate. He does. And it's been a long time for them, as it has mm. been for United. Um, I'm guessing That's the Lakers it. are going to be back to their best way, way before United are. But <laughs> well, let's hope. Lots to speak on the football front this week, mate. Mm. Absolutely loads to speak about. First of all, um, documentary that's been going around, the Spurs documentary on Amazon, great watch. Um, mm. Big, big subjects come from that. Is this Danny Rose situation. Um, I know loads of people are going to have a vast, vast opinion on this. I, I'm going to pick your brain on it. How do you feel yeah. about when players approach their manager and they're asking why they're playing? why they're not playing and do you feel like they're in a position where they should be able to question their manager's decisions or at least ask why they're not being played? Well, speaking of uh, my managerial experience when I'm playing FIFA and my players come <laughs> and uh, knock on my door and ask me a few questions, it does get irritating. But in the real world, uh, yeah, like, I think players should be able to uh, come to the manager and, uh, and pick their brain. When you're doing it with a guy like Mourinho, he's going to be straight up with you. He's not going mm. to BS you at all. So it's, uh, it's an interesting situation. Uh, but... Fair play to Danny Rose, because uh, I guess Mourinho, of all people, as I said, he could probably be a bit daunting to knock on his door and go and question him about why you're not playing. So, But I think it's fair enough, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a player of his level who wants to be playing at a level for England. If you're not playing for your, your, your club, that could affect your career internationally as well. Yeah. So you've got to think about yourself and you've got to think about where your career is at. And um, that, that chapter of like, the documentary as well, obviously, it's uh, quite near the, the window, so... He'd probably be thinking he could get a move somewhere else if mm. if not. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I I I I don't know about what your feelings around it are, but I feel like if a player really wants to know what's happening in his career and and, and why he might not be getting that regular football that he aspires mm. to, then why not ask? Yeah, I completely agree, man. I know I know a few people have obviously been online giving their two pence about these sorts of things. Uh, because, Always get that, don't you? Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, mate. Everyone on Twitter is a football expert, um, <laughs> so that's something you have to get used to. But the thing that I'll say is, if you're like you said, if you're a player like Danny Rose, you've, uh, let's say a few years ago he was England's starting left back without a doubt. There yeah. was like Shaw was injured. There wasn't really anyone knocking on his door. Uh, there wasn't really anyone challenging him. And to go from that to being on the fringes at Tottenham, it's got to be daunting mentally. Like you, you have to respect the guy. Like you said, like Mourinho is a tough. Tough nut to crack, man. Um, some people, some people really get along with him. Um, some people really don't. Um, but to have, I won't say the word, uh, the minerals, um, to then go forward and ask Mourinho mm. why he's not being played and to almost question his decision. I know some people might say, "Well, you're questioning your manager. You're not within your right to do so." But as a player, if you feel like you're playing better than the others around you, you're going mm. to question that. And if you don't feel like you're being respected or valued at your club, you, like you said, you are going to have to move on. So. You've got people like the Sun and things like that, right? And things like him calling his teammates. I won't say the words um, because obviously we might have some under eighteen listeners. Um, mm-hmm. But if you yeah. feel like you are not playing 
worse than the than those around you and they're starting ahead of you, I feel like you should be in your right to ask. As yeah, a prof- yeah. if at any job, if you feel like for example, if you went for a promotion at Workhead and someone who you felt like wasn't as hard working or didn't perform as well as you at work got the promotion ahead of you, it would dishearten you, of course. Like it, mm. we're all human beings and when it's football it's not like it's not like any other job in the world, man. It's you're being watched every single week, week in, week out. And the big person who's going to be watching a lot of those games is the England manager, Gareth Southgate. And if he's not seeing you playing week in, week out, he's not going to be wanting to pick you for his national team. Mm. Well, I'll get to Gareth Southgate a little bit later, but uh, <laughs> going off what you were saying, uh, yeah, no, yeah, you, as I said, you've got to be aspiring to be playing at the best of your level. Plus, at his age, he's, he's obviously pushing like his late 20s now, so you obviously start maybe worrying if, mm. if, if what, what stage of your career at and are you going to be playing your best still. But uh, yeah, as you said, the media outlets always come out and they twist it. I'm not going to get into the sun. I've got a lot of opinions on them personally. But um, <laughs> the, I, I, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're ones that you shouldn't uh, shouldn't rely on for a reliable source of information. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tricky one because uh, obviously there's, there's ways of going about it. You've got to show your manager respect because he is still the one in charge. But obviously you want to play. So I credit Danny Rose for... for pushing it forward for his career and, and wanting to get that main spot. Mm. If you don't ask, you might just sit on the bench constantly yeah. and then turn into a, a nothing player. So it, it, it is an interesting one. So, uh, But everyone's going to have their opinions on it, um, some positive, some negative. But uh, but no, I, I, don't, I don't have any issue with what Danny Rose did. I completely agree, mate. And let's be honest, th- this was happening around the time of January. Um, obviously, mm. the pandemic hadn't started then. In the back of Danny Rose's mind, he's going to be having... The tournament in the summer in the back of his mind man and he's true. like right if, if i'm not playing how am i going to make that team so mm. as much as some people may say oh well he should respect his manager you've also got to put yourself first as a professional and as a human yeah, being yeah. yeah if you you are paid to be a footballer if you're not playing it may be hard to get into that squad it may be hard to mm. find a club at the same level once you leave if you can't play at that level um, a lot of clubs may be looking at you and saying, well, he can't really hack it anymore. And you've Always, seen um, so many players mm. drop off the top of the pedestal oh, and they're very up quickly too. So, so quick. Um, mm. Just a few names that spring to mind. Like Deli Ali was in the in- England squad for ages and he had a bit of time away from the England squad. Um, mm. And let me be honest, deservedly so, he wasn't performing up to scratch. But if you're not going to give players the opportunity to prove themselves, how are they meant to get back into those international setups? Yeah, yeah, and I reckon uh, there's a lot of talk now that Danny Rose will be moving away. I'm not sure where that's going to be, but it looks like he will be moving away from Spurs mm. this summer. And, uh, and and good for him. He'll probably go to a lesser club. It won't be the high level of Spurs, but he'll have uh, week in, week out opportunities. And the Euros are going to be next year, So um, and places are up for grabs. Um, at, at the moment, Chilwell's probably got that main left-back spot, but there's definitely mm. a, a big open gap for who's going to be his understudy. And uh, and yeah, I, I think Danny Rose definitely could uh, get that if he has a good season wherever he uh, wherever he's playing football next year. Uh, I may, I completely agree. If he if he get, the thing is with Danny Rose, when he gets a good run of games underneath him, he was arguably one of the best left backs in the league mm. a few seasons ago. United were knocking on the door for Spurs, crying out for him. Yeah, that they were. And, yeah, and now it's like he he had the choice between Newcastle or Bournemouth. Like he has fallen from the top. But I don't think I don't think he's necessarily a bad player anymore. Um, I just feel like it's one of those. He needs a few games under his belt. He needs to get his confidence back up. And I feel like when he does, he may be issuing for the for his space on that plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, there's 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 a lot of uh, obviously people up for those spots on that plane. As you said, they've all got mm. a year to prove themselves. And uh, 
And after watching it yesterday, um, well, I think, I think it was lacklustre. It's been lacklustre for the last two games, but uh, England's got a good squad and they've got a lot of depth. So I'm hoping they can pull it around uh, and, and and have the right players, as, as, as obviously you know from this week, uh, two of the big young prospects within the England team uh <laughs> We're in the news. I don't know if anyone saw that, but uh... <laughs> I think I think everyone has seen that, mate. I think everyone's yeah. seen that. What's your thoughts well, on that, bud? Yeah, that's what I was, about. I was going to say exactly the same to you. I wanted to pick your brain on that, but I think well, obviously they 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 do come across in the wrong. Uh, the situation is uh, they they broke the regulations of, of, of the COVID, and but then. Yeah, so they were in the wrong. There's no way I'm, I'm defending them in this situation. But you got to remember, one's one's 18, one's 20, and um, obviously they're they're England footballers. They they it's 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 a big moment for them. These these girls obviously lured them in, and it's uh it, they they were in the wrong. Let's not get it wrong there. But uh, but yeah, you got to take them a pinch of salt. Uh, they 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 done wrong. Learn from your mistakes. No more should be said about it now. They should move on. They should start the season. And then uh, they should get back in the England squad because they're both of the quality to be in the England squad, and it's just it's just something that they've mm-hmm. uh, they they've probably been punished enough for it already with the with the media that that, that they've had around it. What do you think? Um, I completely agree. Um, complete lack. Uh, complete lack of misjudgment. It's just literally it's one of those where you look at it and it's like they're young guys. We've all we were all eighteen, nineteen, twenty-one time. Obviously, Ed, we're a bit older now, mate. Yeah. Um, but. What I'm trying to say in the situation is they're young guys, they are going to make mistakes. And the thing that I respect about them is they've both come out and they've admitted to their mistakes and held their hands up. They haven't tried to shy away from it. And I feel like that would be where a big, big problem would be for me Mm. is that if they came out and they were like, well, uh, it's not really that bad what we've done, but they've taken it on the chin and they've said, look, we've done wrong, let's move forward from it. They've stepped away from the England setup. Um, Obviously, Greenwood is single, but players like Phil Foden he's he's obviously got kids and whatever else it's it's one of them where you can look at it from a number of different ways the thing that I don't agree with is now them sort of becoming almost not a scapegoat but kind of being ridiculed now they're almost tarnishing their their image and that's yeah. not what we need when you've got young England players coming through you've seen it time and time again look at Sterling the way Sterling was treated by the media and things like that it almost ruined Raheem Sterling because mm. yeah. he went through a patch where he, re- he you could see his confidence wasn't there and I feel like getting Pep as his manager actually well, saved that's, that's, Sterling's career <laughs> yeah that's what did it isn't it when, once Pep came in he, um, he got it going again but I, I agree with you yeah they, 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 they shouldn't be ridiculed and they, sh- they shouldn't be uh, dragged <coughs> Excuse me. They shouldn't be dragged out. They should be literally. They've had their punishment. They know they've done wrong. Yeah, they broke COVID regulations, which isn't good. <coughs> oh, I can say my throat. I have a little swig of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um, but yeah, you, they're young English talent. They shouldn't be ridiculed by the media anymore. They, they've had their punishment. Let's move on to the season now. They, they should battle for their uh, selection for the next England squads because they both got to play well because they're both in positions which is quite high in demand for the England squad. Mm. Um. So yeah, I feel like uh, let's just let's just forget about that now and, and crack on with the start of the of the league campaign. What I will say about England though, and this is my big headline for for, for this, I don't think Gareth Southgate's the right man for the job. I I, yeah. I, I, I I'm I'm not I'm not a Gareth Southgate Gareth Southgate believer. I mean, I was I was, but now I've looked back and I've reviewed it all like, and I've I've just been thinking and I've seen his selections and I've seen his tactics and the way he changes up games and I just I I, I just don't believe. We're going into international competitions, 
with like Gareth Southgate's tactics as the way oh without with this there's no way we can lose and I think with the squad the players ain't the issue I just uh, I just don't think England look as good as the top teams in the world don't know what yeah. your thoughts are but uh, but no after Sam, the World Cup mate I yeah. was I was excited I'll be honest with you it was, yep. it was one of them where I looked at the team um, after, after the World Cup and I was like you know what like to get to the semi-finals, we done well. Obviously, a lot of people can look back on that Croatia game and mm. say, "Harry Kane, why didn't you square it?" Um, yeah. I think that that was always the headline that come from it. But we looked good coming out of the tournament. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah, it, yeah. There wasn't any point you could look at and say we played terribly. We played really well. Mm. As we've progressed on since that tournament, the thing that I will say is that our, our tactics haven't adapted at all. No. No, no, yeah, not and before. we were play with, like I honestly believe England playing free at the back is our best way to go. What I will say is that Eric Dyer is not the man to sit in front of the keeper in the heart of the defence and marshal because he he like I'll be honest I, I do like Derek, Eric Dyer at times I feel like he has the ability and in, in in flashes but he isn't a guy to lead the defence for England. Yeah, he really isn't. I'm gonna I'm when gonna you've got players like Tyro Mings on the on the bench who's mm. who's been an a marshal at the back for Villa because they let's be honest if you take Mings and Grealish out of that Villa team I don't think Villa stay up at all mate. no way no, no chance no chance I will disagree with you on though Del I know you mentioned about the three at the back I'm not a believer of the three at the back for England I'll tell you why I think um, England's weakest position is centre backs in my eyes so the fact that uh, he puts three in, uh, centre-backs on and then, making it even worse, playing two defensive midfield players in front of him in, in Phillips and uh, Declan Rice um, and then not playing someone who's got a creative ability such as Jack Grealish. Now, I think England, their strongest uh, positions really are their midfield and, and, and they attack. So I think having three midfielders in there to control the game, not having three centre-backs, I just feel like that's our worst position where we've, we've got a lack of depth in that position. And to play three players there instead of playing three midfielders and, and as I said, playing two defensive-minded midfielders, like there was no positivity there. A positivity player who's going to get the ball and drive it is Jack Grealish. And I just couldn't understand the mm. logic of playing a, a Kelvin Phillips. No disrespect to Phillips, but um, to like putting him straight in the squad instead of a Grealish... And having so it just seemed like such a defensive-minded team yesterday, and I just thought he was looking for maybe a, a, a breakaway. We didn't look strong at all, did we? Oh, we no. actually didn't. Look, we didn't even look like scoring, mate. Not a chance. Like, we, we obviously we had the chances there, here and there. There was flashes of it, but mm. we were coming up against Denmark, and I feel like out of the two games, we probably looked at that one and said, oh, "Do you know what? This will be the one where we'll get three points because Iceland have been known to be an absolute." bogey team to us obviously they've knocked us out of tournaments before like I don't want to have any more flashbacks of that it still hurts um, but when you're looking at that team England have on paper a, such a strong squad and I feel like I don't necessarily disagree with you in saying that we shouldn't play Phillips and Rice because they're two very similar players I would have had one of them in there and had an attacking minded midfielder like Grealish in there with him or a Rice with a Grealish. There was no point playing three at the back, two wing-backs, and then having two holding midfielders. There were, we had nothing going forward. We had absolutely nothing going mm. forward. No, I, I completely agree with you. It just looked weak. And when we were playing a team like Denmark to play conservative football, like that we should be beating a team like Denmark. No disrespect, Denmark, they're good, but we're England. And, and, and the Iceland game, as you mentioned about... We, we we were lucky to get a result out of that game. And it's just it just mm. isn't good enough, really. Like It's, it's, it's not... 
it's not what we like want to be seeing going into an international competition next year where on paper our team should be in maybe the top three favourites to win it. I don't think that I think we're we're quite a big distance off the the big boys. And going back to the World Cup uh, two years ago, we only played two really big juggernaut teams, and that was Croatia and Belgium. We lost twice to Belgium. We lost to Croatia. The other games, though, we played quite well in them, like the Sweden, good win, but should be beating Sweden. Tunisia should be beating Tunisia, and Panama. Well, don't even get me started. We didn't even win that. Then we shouldn't be even thinking about winning any tournaments. And then we drew to Colombia, which we won on penalty. So they. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from uh, the the World Cup run or, and and finishing the semi-finals and finishing fourth place because it was fantastic and something that we we've not done in our golden generation. But we we should have beaten the teams that we beat. What is what I'm saying? And when we came up against the big boys who we want to be aspiring to be as good at, if not better, we didn't beat them. We lost. And uh, I I just cause I at the moment I see that happening. I think uh, Belgium's also in our group, aren't they? I think when we play Belgium in this uh, Nations League. I think we do very, very well to beat them if we play negatively like we did there and if we set up like we did there. And I know maybe he might not have all his selection that he would have had. And obviously, if Foden and, and Greenwood were playing, they would have added something uh, a lot more to the team. But I just think the selection was poor. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I just don't think Southgate's the man. I've, I've started to lose it, like the faith in him uh, recently. And I've just lost it more and more. And I just don't think he also makes the right decisions when when it's not going well, like when, when like to mix yeah. it up. It wasn't like he was making the substitutions in regards to he. It wasn't going for the game. No, was no, it? I, I, start, I don't see how Danny Ings wasn't coming on. Instead, he brought Nathan Miles on for Trent Alexander Arnold, and I don't mind Nathan Miles, but like, why is bringing off Trent and and, and bringing him on is going to make a difference rather than someone who's like Danny Ings who has scored twenty odd goals in the league? It just. I just I'm, I'm not I don't think he's the man. Is is long story short, what I'm saying is I'm not a Southgate believer anymore. So Ed, um, on the subject of Gareth Southgate, if you do not feel like he's mm. the man to kind of lead England forward, who would you say would be someone you would rather have in instead of Southgate? Well, Pep Guardiola would be lovely, uh, but uh, <laughs> if, if we're being realistic <laughs> now, uh, it's a hard one with England because uh, over, over my lifetime, I don't think we've had uh, a, a fantastic. England manager. Um, we had a, a legendary manager in Fabio Capello, but it didn't work for him at England. I don't think Sven was the man. I think he was the wrong man for the Golden Generation team. Like that, that was a world class team. Maybe if we had a better manager, then we might have been able to win something. And uh, and it just it just goes on all the rest of them as well. It's don't I don't think uh, they're, they're the right people. It's hard to say who I think should be the gaffer now because you got to put your realistic hat on, as I was, I was saying. So it's most likely going to be an, a young English manager. Maybe an Eddie Howe. I don't mind him. I think he, he, he's, he's had some great years at, um, at Bournemouth. And uh, obviously at this point, he would be uh, looking for a job. But I still don't think he's, he's got into uh, employment yet, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, someone like him. Yeah, I believe so. I think he's taken a bit of time. Yeah, he probably deserves that as well. But um, I think I think he's the sort of guy that who he'd be uh, if things are going wrong and tactics are going to be needed. He's he'd be a better man to mix it up and and and, and change the way we're playing to to be able to suit uh, the performance within the game. And uh, Southgate hasn't done that for me. It's not I've not seen a game where it's really been hitting the fan and then he's mixed it all up and it's like oh England are playing completely different now and this is a completely different England team and look how we go. Um, so yeah, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get sacked he's, unless we have like a bad tournament next year then he won't get sacked. He's going to be the manager for the Euros. And at this point, fair enough, I'll, you might as well keep it as it is now um, until that point. But if we don't have a good tournament next year and we put in some 
average, like below average performances like we have in those last two games, then I'd be looking at a manager yeah. like Eddie Howe if he was still available at that point. Your thoughts on that? So, would you prefer? Would you prefer to keep? Because um, obviously, with Southgate, we showed he obviously came through the under twenty ones, done really well there, um, and he kind of transitioned a lot of those under twenty one players into yeah. the, the first in, the first. I think he favours a lot um, of them. Do you, for example, mm, Pickford. I, I do agree. Pickford, I don't think Pickford should be number mm. one. I think he should be number three. I think it should. You had Pope, who was uh, the PFA uh, goalie of the year. He just got that uh, uh, award yesterday, basically being in the in the, in the team. Yeah. You had uh, Dean Henderson, who's so good that season that United are thinking of coming, uh, bringing him in to be their new number one. He'll be battling it out with David yeah. De Gea, and that's 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 a big privilege for him. And uh, and then you got Pickford, who I think was potentially in the, out of the main team goalies in the league in the bottom five. Maybe even lower. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't really get that. I know he's not been that bad for England. A lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Yeah. I think I, I know for England he's he's done pretty well in the in the World Cup and and the Nations League. But you have got to look at the league campaign. And as you said, he was he was um he's been bang average and uh, he makes a lot of mistakes as you, as you touched upon. And and then you've got two other goalkeepers who are probably in the top five of the, uh, the goalies in the Prem that season Pope being number one and Henderson probably being number three or four and and they're not even getting a sniff mm. so didn't even the, the, the thing is I, I can understand if he played Pickford in one and then obviously started Pope or Henderson that's what I thought he other, was going to do started Pickford yeah, both. that's what I thought he was going to do but yeah he started Pickford in both and uh and it's like, what have these guys got to do now they got to go and uh, keep smashing it again what if uh, Henderson's not getting regular Football for Man United because David Hay is still getting that first spot. Yet it doesn't yeah. mean Henderson's not better than Pickford because he is. So mm. no, mate. I, I think Henderson's ten times the keeper. Yeah. Pickford. Like that, I'll be honest. Yeah, when Pickford plays well, he does play very well. But when he has a shaky game, boy, can he have a shaky oh, yeah. game? Massive. Like he 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 just he leaks mistakes sometimes. And to be at the top level as a goalkeeper, you can't no. have that. No, you're right. Yeah, and especially if you're going to be England's international number one for an England team that's hoping to win the Euros and maybe go on to win the World Cup because that's how we've got to be thinking. And if we're not thinking winning these tournaments, then then that's that's just poor, especially with some of the players that we've got. So he like when you've got some two goalkeepers of that level who could be uh, rightly s- slotted into those positions for a, 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 a international competition winning side. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me, and I think he does that with a lot of his players. He, he favours a lot of his um, his ones that he brought through. I'm, uh, Tammy Abraham, I, I like Tammy Abraham, but I, I thought he was going to be playing more than uh, Ings was going to be. And if that is going to be the case, and that's disgraceful because Danny Ings has shown that he is a top top striker to have, and the fact that he only, he only got 22 minutes over two games again for me is poor. But uh, yeah, I could, I could. Uh, he was bringing off Sancho mm. at like the most ridiculous times as well. If you look at Sancho's highlights, the last 15, 20, half hour of a game is when he really turns mm. it on. And that's because that's when players start to fatigue, they start to get tired. That's when, if you've got a player of the ability and the speed that someone like Sancho coming at you, it is difficult to defend against for 90 yeah. minutes. And when you're taking off players like Sancho, at that time it's like it's almost working against you it's like you're taking off your explosive players as the other team's getting tired yeah no like I just feel like his his substitutions have just not been up to par like I'll I'll be honest after the World Cup I was actually excited for the Euros to come along Um, and I feel like if the Euros happened this summer I feel like England could have gone very far but seeing how they've performed over the last couple games seeing how Southgate has almost 
picked the wrong players to come on at the wrong time on a number of occasions over the over those two games. Like let's let's be real. Like some of the substitutions he made was absolutely wonderful. Like and also starting Kyle Walker when Trent's been mm. one of the most influential players in the league to then start Kyle Walker that must have been a slap in the face for Trent because. Let's not get it wrong. The best right back in the league, if not the world last season, was Trent Alexander on. Yes, uh, I think you know that I agree with that statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you stroke your pen, uh, your Trent pillow as you said that, mate? <laughs> well, I, I thought the same thing as you, mate. I thought when he didn't start Trent, I was like, what's going on here? What, what more could you do? Walker then got sent off, which uh, probably um, helped Trent's case going forward. But it, I, I think he's, he's been doing that for quite a bit now. He's not been starting uh, Alexander-Arnold in, in England games. He seems to prefer Trippier and Walker. And I, I wouldn't be surprised because Chilwell's obviously not fit. So once Chilwell's in that team, I wouldn't be surprised if you actually see him uh, play um, Kieran Trippier at the main right-back over, over Alexander-Arnold, which, yeah, it's just... With the creativity that Alexander-Arnold brings, like you said with Sancho as well, if you have Alexander-Arnold delivering all those balls and you have Sancho delivering those balls and, and then uh, same on, on, the other, mm. on the other wings, you have like the likes of uh, Sterling doing his thing and Chilwell delivering balls. England have so many options of getting, and getting the ball in the box for Harry Kane and, and, and creating chances. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling how I think we didn't have our first shot on target until like the 60th minute uh, yesterday. So it's... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. mate. We got outplayed by oh, Denmark. Like, let's be honest. We, we, they had more possession than us. They had more shots and more shots. Than yeah, target. and Ericsson should have put us to bed at the end. There, he should have scored, and um, and we should have lost the game. And then we obviously got lucky against. I, I know we deserved to win against Iceland, but we got a penalty in the last minute. Then they missed the penalty. We, we, we should be realistically out of these games with two points, if not less. Yeah. Oh, mate. Do you know? Do you know what it is as well? Is you, you look at. A, these players that are playing at the top level like like you said what more does Trent have to mm. do like Walker's been I'd say lacklustre this season yeah he's a good player like Walker that he hasn't been at the top of it he, he, he is a top player but I feel like Walker's position in that England team should be in the centre if we play three at the back and I, I feel like that's where he performed best for yeah. England like he, he was far better there than he'd ever been at right back for England and where we are so stacked at the right back position now like let's not forget there's players like Wamba Saka, mm. Trent, Trippier, yeah, who I think all three should be ahead of Kyle Walker. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair statement. Um, I, I'd hope we don't go with uh, Kyle Walker at centre back. As I touched upon before, I'm not a big fan of the three at the back, it's, especially if you had an option yeah. of playing um, a Madison or a Grealish in centre or a Foden starting in centre mid over Walker playing a centre back. I, I'll be I'll be taking that all day long. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think I think Walker's time short probably is up with the England team unless he is going to play him in that centre back. But oh, I, I mean, I don't know why that would be the case. But it, it, yeah, it's it's a weird one of England. It's a, it's it's a team full of young, exciting talent. Some some of them being up there in the top fifty players in the world. Quite a few of them being up there in that, uh, looking like they're only going to get better. And they need the right guidance. They're this like, as I said with the golden generation under Sven, brilliant team. Didn't do much. Didn't get past the quarterfinals. Maybe with better management, that that could have clicked a bit more. They're gonna need the right management, and uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope Southgate turns it on. We win the Euros next year. 
And uh, a lot of the time when I have made statements on these podcasts, it's actually turned around and like with with uh, Pogba and that, and they end up doing amazingly. So hopefully this is the same thing that's going to happen here, the curse of uh, Ed Robertson, and then they go on and they absolutely annihilate. Oh, yeah, we still, you still haven't won a United oh, You're going to forget that one, have you? <laughs> never, mate. You were so certain that Bournemouth were going to stay up, weren't you? Liverpool had won the league, and you were just like, I'm just going to throw... I'm just going to throw my name in the hat. Like, yeah, go on. Bournemouth yeah. staying up. And no, I Bournemouth, like, I, I did. Right, it's bloody Watford. <laughs> that was it. Watford, that was it. Oh, my God. Yeah, they Watford, just fell apart. Yeah. And they, they, they... Mate, they absolutely crumbled towards yeah. it, didn't they? They had opportunity after opportunity. Um, just on the subject, uh, yeah. Ed, how do you feel about KDB getting played? Oh, no, I agree with it. I, I, fully, I fully agree with it. I, I, I said it before. Um... Mane and, uh, and and Henderson were very good players, but uh, KDB deserved this year. I don't think that the Premier League winners have to have the uh, player of the t- uh, tournament because the last two seasons that City won it, two Liverpool players in Salah and, and, and Kevin De Bruyne had, had won it. And, uh, no, no, Salah and Van Dijk, yeah, 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 had Dijk. won it, and, and rightly so. So this time, uh, I think rightly so, um, Kevin De Bruyne got what he deserved. He was player of the tournament. He was, he was he, Over the whole season, he'd just been outstanding. He's one of the best players in the world. And uh, no, I can't argue with it. Who would you say, like, I was having this conversation with Liam the mm. other day, um, and we were watching his assists for the season, just from the season yeah. gone, and it's like, his assists and his goal contributions, looking at what he does, it looks like a midfielder's career mm. highlights over one season. <laughs> it is absolutely that's, that's it. insane, mate. It is another level of, like, ability, and the way he reads the game, and... I, like I don't think there's many arguments for better centre mids in the world. Like I don't actually think there's like I, you can argue a case for a few, but if we're saying who is the best central midfielder, or let, let's say who is the best central midfielder in the world, I I would always go to KDB. I just think his ability is just you can teach someone so far, you can coach to a certain mm. level, but when you have God-given talent and you read the game like that, that's something you cannot teach, and you see it in De Bruyne. He like I remember just watching this hit. The video, and he made the same assist three times where the ball gets laid off to him, and the first time just whips him yeah. round to the back post. And mate, inch perfect every mm. time. Yeah, no. He, and you're like, you can't teach that. You, he can coach himself to level, but when you read the game and you you understand your teammates, and I feel, and he was being interviewed, and they were asking him about his best assist, and they're like, why do you enjoy assisting so much? And he goes, if I set up the other guys and they score it makes me look good yeah. too and he's like the guy will assist you on the volley like how is someone assisting another player inside the opposition box with a volley into their path special like, players it's just a mate, special special player yeah. He, I think he was on load like you, Chelsea must be kicking themselves right now because they've signed players that would probably be playing in the same positions as KDB and Salah right mm. now and if you like let's be honest if Ziyech one and probably if you look at Havertz would probably be the two players that would be very similar yeah yeah in those positions and I feel like they've spent I think 145 million yeah and hell of a lot of wages 150 million yeah mate Kai Havertz 310 grand a lot of money for a young player over 100 grand more than anyone else at the club yeah He's not. He's not had too many seasons of proving himself. He's done. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player, but that is high. But going on to Kevin De Bruyne, um, again, I completely agree with you. He's 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 assisting. He's outstanding. He is, I think, without question. Now he's he's proved that this season that the best um, centre midfielder in the world at this point. And uh, I was watching it, um, the highlights of the 
the game yesterday where they trashed Iceland. And there's so many times, I still over the season so many times, where say he's running with the ball, he's running through the middle with the ball, and there's about two or three options of players running forward uh, that he could potentially pass to. He never panics and just hits the wrong pass. He actually keep going and keep going forward until the right pass mm. presents itself. And when the right pass presents itself, he gets the right pass every time. And then it's up to the striker to have it on a plate and, uh, and finish the, the shot. he done one for Mertens yesterday where... Uh, like uh, I think I can't remember the other, I think it was Bashwari was running one side, Mertens was running the other. He he didn't panic. He ran and he ran and ran, turned a little bit, gave it to Mertens. Perfect pass. Mertens didn't finish it, but it was just it's just when that's running towards you, it's so hard to defend because he he is so calm and he always gets the right ball. And as you said, some of those first time long range passes that he manages that only him in the Premier League I think can pick out at this point is outstanding. And he's he's in his peak right now. And um. He's been in it for the last two seasons. Uh, this season, I think you're going to see more of him being a, being a very special player. So, for all uh, all fans of football, I'd just say enjoy watching that that type of player. There's those type of players that you've just got to watch, even if it's not your team. Watch and enjoy the the, the brilliance mm. and the and the mastery and the, and the expertise that you that are being displayed on the pitch. Kevin De Bruyne's a special player and deserved to win that football uh, player of the year in the Premier League. Mate, and do you know what was big? A big thing with Kevin Kevin De Bruyne's passing mm. as well. As a striker, what you need, what the one dream that you have is, you don't have to adapt your runs when a player is putting mm. you through. So you don't have to turn to the left, turn to the right. Players are running; they're not changing their pathways at all, and the ball is into their stride. Yeah, like that's that is the level to what he plays passes. Mm. Like it is an insane amount of, of reading of the game. It like as a striker, you're running and the ball is just at your feet perfectly to take on the stride and finish. I remember when they played the um, when they played the final game of the season. It was for them to reach a hundred points, and he plays that absolute peach of a pass to mm. Jesus. Yeah, um, and what a great finish that was from him. Southampton um, game, I think. But that, yeah, exactly. But you don't teach that, yeah. man. You you can't teach that. It's like to be at that level and to read the game and. Let's be honest. It's pretty much the last kick of the game, mm. wasn't it? So, yeah, the clinch kicks. They wouldn't. They yeah. wouldn't have got the uh, the record otherwise. And to have the vision, um, the stamina, call it whatever you want, to uh, in the ninetieth minute of a game to still see passes mm. like that, um, and to not get disheartened, he's just a credit. But one thing I will say on De Bruyne: How long do you think it is until he starts getting considered for, say, the Ballon d'Or? And sorry. when Messi and uh, Ronaldo start to. Uh, to, to drop down I still think they're at the top of their game and Lewandowski's been uh, one of the best players in the, in the world this year but he, he's in the bracket I'd say he's in top five players in the world right now and uh, there, there's going to be a point that when Messi and Ronaldo do um, peter off and, and, and they're not uh, the best players in the world anymore you'll, you'll start to see it go back to how it used to be I reckon where the Ballon d'Or will be switching hands from like like in 10 years there might be like eight different winners of the Ballon d'Or and, uh, yeah. and I think yeah you'll you see him potentially being one of them he is a dream to play with, as you were saying about there for Jesus. I can guarantee you, Jesus and Sterling and, and Aguero love playing with him. And I can only imagine what will happen if Messi joins that team. Because you've got to remember him feeding balls to Messi, and as well as that, Messi's passing ability as well of what he could be putting into these players. That that would be a scary good team. And uh, yeah, yeah no, but like, it don't look like that Messi move is going to happen. Not though, this year. Not, really not this year. Him. I don't think. But uh, I think I think next year. I think you could see him in a. Uh, uh, it, it, like 2022, I think you could see him in a, uh, in, a in a Man City sky blue t-shirt. Or well, 2021, actually, next next summer. Um, 
Yeah, because I think at the end of the, uh, the January, if he doesn't sign a new contract, that's it for him. He's up, and then people can start to offer him yeah. wages. And I think City will ensure all that. And I think he'll want to go to City. But yeah, yeah. So just on Kevin De Bruyne, I think a special player. He will win a Ballon d'Or in, in, in his future. He, I know he's pushing towards his late um, his late twenties. But a, t- a player with that sort of ability and that passing range, you could, he could be about thirty two, thirty three, and still be playing at a very, very high level. I reckon. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of. Um, I'm, I'm not obviously comparing him to him, um, but a lot like Chavi, um, in which he is so comfortable yeah. on the ball. He is no so panicking. comfortable on the ball. No panicking whatsoever. Mm. Ed, I've just got to start um, put my thing to record again because it's just stopped recording my um, video. Just, just so put a time on it. What's it? What time was that? Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, have you got that? 37 minutes. 37 minutes is fine. Um, we'll go again in three, two, one. So I, I think he's very similar to Xavi in the way that he plays, um, in the way that he reads the game as well. It's one of those with Xavi, players like Iniesta, mm. where they just read the game so, so well. Um, and like you said, it, we're in an era now where we're actually coming to the end of the Messi and the Ronaldo era where a lot more players are getting the recognition they deserve. Um, if Xavi and Iniesta were born 10 years later, I reckon we would have been having a complete different conversation. Yeah. I feel like they would have won a lot more Ballons d'Or. Yeah, definitely. 100% they would have. I, I, I almost feel sorry for players like the De Bruyne and the Lewandowski's because they're playing at a top, top, top level. And it's just simple. It's like just... Down, I wouldn't say there's much difference between players like Ronaldo and Messi and say your De Bruyne as your Lewandowski's. There isn't that much of a difference anymore. Yeah. Let's say five, six years yeah, ago. Yeah. But they're just. It, sometimes I feel like Messi and Ronaldo are up there on merit as well. Is even when they're not having say their best seasons, they're still going to be up there in conversation. Yeah. Well, so I, think, I think with them, they're, they're definitely not in their their prime anymore. Like this isn't the best Ronaldo and this isn't the best Messi anymore. But um, they're still putting in insane numbers. As you know, Ronaldo's goal scoring last year was was remarkable, and, and Messi just always delivering on the pitch. Even though Barcelona didn't have a great campaign, he was still the constant man. I do I do think um, excuse me that Lewandowski has been the best player this year. Uh, he he yeah one hundred he and the Bruyne would have been up there as much as. Um, Ronaldo and Messi, it will probably Lewandowski. I would probably go Lewandowski one and De Bruyne two. At, at this point for this year, you, yeah, you, you can argue that that's that's a fair case, and then Messi and Ronaldo up there with them. Uh, I, I think I think the, like if there was going to be a bookies on it and it was going down now, uh, Lewandowski would be quite considerably in the favourite. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree with me that maybe the oh, oh, I wouldn't say they're on there on merit because they're still delivering it, but um, they're they're they're. They're, they're definitely still putting the numbers in there. It's not the same Ronaldo and Messi as you've seen before. And I've said it for a while. I reckon Messi will stop scoring goals at some point. He'll still score goals, but he won't be scoring 20 goals a season. And he could turn into a Perlo-like player because his passing ability is outstanding. And, and you can see him moving back the pitch and, and becoming yeah. a playmaking wizard. Um, do, you know, do you know what it is for me, though? It's just like, it's almost watching them. And I feel like they're watching each other. Well, like, I'm not going to retire first. You retire yeah. first. And that's what it looks like. But... When you look at the ability that both of those guys have got, it's absolutely crazy. Like with Ronaldo, his game's obviously adapted over the past few years. He's gone into more of, say, a central striker, um, whereas Messi's become more and more... I'd I'd say he's going back to his original days in which he was more of a playmaker, a number 10. Mm. And I I feel like that's always been his best position. Um, But allowing someone like Messi that much room in the centre of the park... He's obviously... He could be 40, I reckon, and he's still going to be playing balls in to set up 
and if you look at that Barcelona team, man, I don't see much more. From yeah, with, with Messi and Ronaldo, it's, it's an interesting one because they have been dominating the Ballon d'Or and in the end football for the last decade and over the last decade. And they're, they're, they're not at their peaks anymore. The, we all have to accept that, even though they're still amazing. You can see mm. that from watching Ronaldo the other day for Portugal. They are past their, their, their peak uh, attributes within the game. Doesn't mean they're not going to carry on dominating for the next a couple of years, but it is getting now to the point where other people might start to shift in. And whether they're there with merit, I still think they're earning their spots. I do think Lewandowski was was the man so far this year, and and then and up there as well is is Kevin De Bruyne. But um, Messi, Ronaldo, as as always, they are up there again for this season. And if there was a Ballon d'Or, as as I just mentioned, you probably would be going for Lewandowski. But there's a lot of the year, the season left. They've got the whole start of the next campaign, so. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the same as it's been for the, the for all, all the years. No matter what's happening in football, the constant is Messi and Ronaldo are at the top of their game for their teams. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we still got a few more years. Hopefully, fingers crossed, a few more years of uh, of them at the top of their games. I completely agree, man. It's one of them where I, I do. They are somewhat there on merit, aren't they? And, and it's like it's Ronaldo and Messi. It's like some of their stats haven't even been on point as someone say like a Lewandowski, but. He's not really getting as much recognition as he deserves, and that's probably let's let's be real. Lewandowski's coming to an age where he's going to start mm. to look towards retirement, and it's like, is that the season where you can say he really should have won it that season? I feel like we're going to look back on this season and say Robert Lewandowski was robbed of the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I don't know why they're not doing the Ballon d'Or. I feel like enough football has been played. It's not like there's been a massive gap of football. I think enough has been played that we should be doing it. Robin Lewandowski would definitely be the front runner for this. And uh, yeah, he, he be fair to him. He is actually in the same age bracket as the Messi and Ronaldo, and he and he's and he's playing debatably the best football of his life. So uh, so these guys are showing that you don't get in your thirties and then it all starts to dwindle. You can still be at your peak. So for someone maybe like a Neymar who's who's approaching that sort of age, doesn't mean that he's going to dwindle off or he should be looking at it like that. It's, 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 he's got a lot of years to maybe push to get a Ballon d'Or because once Messi and Ronaldo start to go away from the game, you're going to see many more people win it and it's going to be much different how it's been. It's going to go back to like the start of the 2000s where there was a different winner each year. And it's exciting to think about that. Like, than, mm. uh, the like Lewandowski must get might get one, and Neymar's going to be up there, and and Mbappe, and any other player who can who can have a great season and and, and prove themselves to be at the top of world football. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's we've lived through the best era of football you could imagine, the Messi Ronaldo era, but it's exciting for the years to come. Oh, I completely agree, mate. There's a lot of great young players coming through. Mm. Um, I know sometimes a lot of young players get a lot of hype, but someone like Haaland, um, looking at the way he performed yeah. for Norway the other day, it was unbelievable. He's he's still in his very, very early years as a professional player. Um, and to be taking international games by the scruff of their neck and winning them for your national side, you, you can't get a better feeling than that, can you? Mm. I think you've said it before when we were talking about uh, the Dortmund and Bayern Munich preview games. Um, he, he he plays like such a mature level player and uh, he, he plays way above his age and you can only see him getting better and just scoring 20 odd goals a season for his for his club and then being the main man for Norway and, and potentially even getting them into major competitions which is something they've lacked over the last um, last few decades so uh, yeah no he, he's, he's a very exciting prospect that mm. specifically I think uh, will we'll start to start to dominate European football. I, I agree, man. But again, it comes back to that thing, doesn't it? Of what we said about Dortmund before is that they get these great talents at their club mm. and they tend to leave. And it would be very sad to see Haaland go um, soon. 
Um, yeah. I feel like he should stay there for a couple of years, really get his game to that. I know it's, it, it sounds silly to say, but that next level where he can cement himself and say the top five strikers in the world. Mm. Um, but the way he's going at the moment, I don't think he's going to struggle to be making top five strikers in the world within the next couple of years. No, you can you can definitely see it because he's only going to get better. And, he, and I, I, as you said there, I think Dortmund is the right club for now. Maybe for the next two, maybe even more two or three seasons, maybe the next five seasons, and then start to look into those uh, potential bigger steps up uh, in the likes of the the European giants. Well, I've always said Barcelona and Real Madrid, but they're sort of dwindling out that bit. You can look at it maybe even to the Premier League. I'd love to see a player like Callan come over to the Premier League and mm. see how he fares. So, it's uh, he's an exciting prospect, and uh, there's a lot of them out there. He's, he's not the only one, but uh, we, we could probably name loads. But mm. football is looking exciting for the future, as it always does. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how each of these top top uh, prospects within the game develop if they all do make it. Because as you said before, a lot of a lot of young players can have the hype and then the hype doesn't quite um, work out to uh, to the superstar level status that they were first implied to be. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting. With Haaland, I know it was mentioned by their manager of Norway that he's got a lot of Ronaldo and Messi about him, which he does, but that's a big compliment to us. So yeah. we'll see if we can it's ever get He's still very now. early for that, isn't it, to be making those sorts of comparisons. But what I will say is that um, it, it's known that Haaland dreams to win the Premier League. Um, on that subject of you saying you'd love to see him in the Premier it's known because mm. I, be, I believe his father played uh, was it for Leeds yeah he played for Man City as well Leeds yeah. and Man City yeah mm. so um, I'm guessing that's probably why he didn't come to United in the end uh, well, <laughs> uh, pro- yeah. probably wouldn't have gone down well with uh, Ramon uh, uh, Ram- Keane almost ended his uh, his father's career as well but he basically did end his father's career with a horrible challenge so yeah. I don't know if he likes Man United too much <laughs> no but I'm guessing he's not our biggest fan mate but very <laughs> exciting times over the next few years Ed, who is one player that you're um, so just to finish up on this question who, who would you say is one player that you see um, really taking it to the next level this season um, in, just in the Premier League who do you feel like is going to be the one guy um, I'm not talking about say Bruno Fernandes your, your established players I'm talking about a young player you think this season could be this could be their breakthrough season yeah okay so in terms of they haven't really made the impact yet so obviously we wouldn't be looking at like the likes of a young player like a Trent who's done it this season we'll be looking yeah I more thought you probably so. would have the argument <laughs> for Trent <laughs> no I'd actually uh, say one of your boys I think Greenwood I know he had this sort of breakthrough season last year but I think uh, this will be the season that he'll score about 15 Premier League goals and really cement his place as a top player within English football and uh, within the England squad so I, I think Mason Greenwood's a really good player mm. Phil Foden another one uh, I know again we all know who Foden is and we know he's fantastic but he hasn't had that season yet where he's uh, he's had the breakthrough year. That long run in the side, isn't it? He yeah, is in yeah. and out of the team. And I think this will be his year. And I, I predict Foden uh, and Greenwood be fair. I predict. Uh, I know they haven't got the best press uh, this week, but I predict both of them will be up there for the PFA Young Player of the Year award, battling it out for that come the end of the season. Yeah, I, I do agree. If I was, t- it'd be very difficult to choose between the pair of them. Greenwood's obviously now got that eleven shirt, um, a mm. shirt with such history at United. Um, obviously. Mr. Wright Giggs wore it um, and wore it very well for a number of number of years. Um, but the thing that I will say is um, on the Foden and Greenwood, I know we spoke about it earlier, but the Sun put out an XI of England bad boys. And it's just like, how are these young guys meant to progress through when you've got people making, te- the, like the Sun newspaper specifically, yeah, making yeah. A, a, an XI of bad boys and Sterling wasn't there. And it's like, these, these are current top England talents and you're, yeah. you're, uh, you're tagging it, them like that. 
Exactly. Is how how do you expect us to progress as a national team if we're not getting behind our national team? If you look mm. at every other country in the world, um, Spain, Italy, uh, even from my heritage, Turkey, they are national and they get behind their national teams. If we're not mm. getting behind our national teams, they're not going to have the confidence to push on, are they? No, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think England is the wor- one of the worst countries in terms of getting on the team's back. Sometimes it can be justified if you get really bad performances, but I think uh, we're too quick to uh, jump on a uh, jump on the attack of the English players, and uh, that's why it was quite nice in the 2018 World Cup because it wasn't wasn't too bad like that. Even though, as you said, Sterling still got a lot of his grief, but uh, yeah, the media's got a hold back on the England team, giving the support, especially to the young players, and we might actually be able to deliver something over the next few years. Though, as I said earlier. I would like to see a bit of a change in the tactics of, uh, of Southgate. Yeah. One so. player that I will say very quickly before we finish up, bud, is yeah. uh, Curtis yeah. Jones. Um, I feel like this season could be a push on for him as well. Um, mm. get, um, with obviously Gigi um, leaving yourselves, um, that's looking imminent. Um, potentially the Thiago transfer, but I feel like now's sort of the time he may get, even get a run, a run of a few games in the team. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be a bad thing for him. And I feel like this will be the season where we can we might look back and say. Right, a couple of players got injured. Curtis Jones had a run in his team, and he's now cemented his place in that team. That's essentially what happened to Trent. Um, he's still wearing that number sixty-six. Um, he hasn't changed his squad number since he's come into the first team, and I, I really love that. Um, a lot of players yeah. are very obsessed um, with changing their shirt numbers and whatever else, and to see a player coming through like that and not really giving certain, mm. any interest, say, into his shirt number as such. He, he's concentrating on his performances on the field and. It's it's great to see, but Ed, I think that's a great place to wrap it up today. We can we can talk about England again well, and well, again and again. When you wrap it up talking about Trent, it's always a great way to finish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd say that, mate. But mate, big weekend ahead coming with the football. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've got loads more videos coming out this week, guys. We've got um, we've got a preview of the Chertsey Abbey Rangers game, which I know Ed is going to be viewing with such hardship. He apps that Chertsey is his local team, and Abbey Rangers are a local. Used to play for Abby as a boy, so it's uh, you, I've got oh, a bit of a mate. connection to both of them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good, and we're going to be putting out our, our, our predictions for uh, for the Premier. It's going to be a little uh, competition between us founders. We're going to put out predictions for each fixtures each week. So um, keep your eyes on those. Yeah, um, I'll also leave mine and Ed's socials in the description as well. So check them out as well. So thanks very much, guys. Take care, and thanks, the Premier guys. League is back this weekend. We can't wait.